Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rampant Mumblings podcast, a small bite-sized podcast of Apple news, reviews, rumours, tech, life and anything in between. So this episode's been recorded at about half past 11 at night, which might seem a bit of a strange time to record a podcast, but it's been down to a couple of things. Number one, uh, I was kind of lacking a bit of content this week. The whole WWDC and a follow-up of that and appearing on the Mac and Forth show knocked me sideways a little bit. Um, But also, what was supposed to be a four-hour journey also turned into an eight-hour journey. And that gave me an idea for this podcast about just how much we expect from technology and just how much technology provides us, especially when it comes to mapping. Now, this might not sound the most interesting of of topics, but something very, very interesting happened to, uh, to me on Sunday and today. So on Sunday, I was taking my partner so she could run the, the Swansea half marathon. Getting in to the marathon, not a problem at all. Traffic was good, contraflows were good, no problems whatsoever. Getting out was a completely different matter. The traffic was rammed at every single point you could think of taking. So what better time to do a comparison between Apple Maps and Google Maps? Now, I know Apple Maps has had its fair share of problems, but for me, it hasn't. It's worked. Um, Maybe that's because of the location. Maybe it's due to a few other factors. But you know what? Apple Maps has been pretty rock solid. Now, it doesn't have a few features that I miss in Google. Like when I put in um, a business name, Google does a really, really good job of location-based searching. Like for today, I had to do a few deliveries as my other job when I'm not doing my writings. And I could put in the name of the place that I was going to or the first line of the address. And boom. There it is. It hasn't given me the same address, but in a different country, for example, which I know Apple Maps does. But, you know, if you want, if you're cutting down to it, if I really want to use Apple Maps, I stick in the postcode and just go for it. Uh, I've also, to give a point of reference, I bought Copilot Live about oh, three, four years ago, and it was a whopping great $24.99. Uh, so that is just how far we've come in the last few years. So anyway, um, we're trying to escape Swansea. And believe me, if you've ever been to Swansea, you certainly do want to escape it. There is not much there to look forward to whatsoever. We're stuck in traffic. Now, my gut instinct tells me to go right and my partner says go left. So, you know, it's hot. You know, she's just run two and a half hours you know, we're not going to argue. So I said, okay, I'll tell you what, let's put this down to technology. So fire up Apple Maps. Apple Maps decided to take us the way that we would normally go. And that's fair enough, you know. Launch Google Maps, it tries to take us the wrong way. As in, so we're at a T-junction. Instead of going left, it wants us to go the wrong way. But the wrong way turned out to be right because there was... um, due to the contraflow system and the roadworks and the motorway and everything like that going out to come back in was faster than the most direct route now route mapping as far as i'm aware for the for the last of the many many years has always gone on what is the straightest line between point a to b 
and then I believe it chucks in a few calculations to say, well, this route has 20 miles of A roads with this maximum limit and dual carriageways with this maximum speed limit. And then it kind of gives you a few alternatives. Google completely kicked Apple Maps into touch if you base it on traffic predictions, which I thought was really surprising considering in the last keynote they were saying, oh yeah, we're now, you know, traffic aware, we're trying to take you to the place where, sorry, we're trying to take you the route that's got the least amount of traffic. So very, very surprising. If you put aside for a moment the whole argument about how accurate is Apple Maps, I think the bigger problem is now, especially with things like Waze being bought by Google, it's not how accurate the data is. It's more a question of how many people are going to use it to give you the real-time information. Um, going back to my co-pilot live example of a few years ago, uh, I was driving through London and I absolutely hated the test driving through London, but it did do a good job of saying, ah, right, traffic ahead, running slow, um, go off to this direction. So I can't remember who, co I think it's a, I can't remember the name of the developers, but it struck me as they obviously had a tie-in with the data provided by whatever system was monitoring for you know, road closures or accidents there and then which is fine, but it doesn't actually, you know, help the person at the back of the queue. And it's not the first time that Google has saved my bacon. Coming down on the M4, there was a, an accident, uh, and it, it actually did root us. Now, the only problem I had was the fact that you can look at the screen, which you know, obviously you're not supposed to, and it'll say X amounts of minutes faster. Instead of the, you know, actually automatically rerouting you, which is what I would have preferred, and especially what happened today while I was driving through the middle of a busy city. But coming back to the maps point for a second, I think Apple are going to face a very big and severe problem here because they missed out on the opportunity to buy ways. Because I think mapping services are going to turn into more of a platform where it's dependent on the amount of real-time information that's being processed from people who use Google Maps in ways rather than the quality of the information. So whereas Apple might be looking to increase their street view data and have nice pictures of signs, all that pretty much means nothing if you can't actually get there. There's other things that bug me about Apple Maps as well. And so for anyone who says I'm just a rabid Apple fanboy, it's things like the, the traveling time. It, it kind of, so if I'm on uh, iCal, not iCal, you know what I mean, calendar, and I book an appointment, it will say X amount of traveling time from my home, which is fine. But it doesn't update in real time. It doesn't say, ah, hang on a sec, uh, there's been a bit of an accident. You might want to leave a bit earlier or a bit later or something like that. It also doesn't, it's also not location aware enough to say, ah, right, so you're here, but you've got an appointment here. Did you know it's going to take you an hour instead of half an hour? Or if you know, or even better, I'll have a bit of lying. You know, chill out this morning. You're a bit closer than you thought you were going to be. No need to rush. That's the sort of data that I think is going to turn maps for Apple into something that can actually be classed as competitive. So what can Apple do? Because they've they launched a product 
and no matter how much they keep saying they've improved, they've invested in it, they've put developers and data into it, I'm really starting to wonder, has Apple Maps been tarnished too much to the point that people won't come back and give it a try? Now, apparently people are giving it a try, but I would have, I wish I could reach out to someone and say, well, how come this happened on Google and this didn't happen on Apple? Um, another example that I've just thought of is, again, on the dreaded, dreaded M4 uh, past Burry port. I remember a couple of months ago, uh, there was an accident and I looked at the map and you know, you see the red line to say, ah, oh, yeah, traffic, you're buggered from this point to this point. Well, it was actually longer on the Google Maps. The Google Maps? Is that actually a decent phrase or sentence? It was, lo- it was longer on Google Maps than it was on Apple Maps. So, again, I think that's a slight nod towards more people maybe using that system. But wait a minute, hold on, hang fire, whoa, 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 steady up there. Didn't Apple, if I'm right in remembering, get a lot of flack for memorising people's locations, sorry, not memorising people's locations, memorising the locations of cell phone towers or mobile phone towers here in the UK, so that when you're driving around frequently used areas, you could uh, lock onto a tower easier and quicker. So why was everybody in uproar about that? Yet yeah, it's completely okay to install an app from Google and just go, ah, to heck with privacy, it's Google. We know that they're going to share our data. We know that they're going to monitor us. Why is that okay for one company and not okay for another? Again, uh, the, another security uproar was about the uh, the touch id oh it can be hacked well as what's been proved with LastPass and indeed mac os 10 you know anything is going to be hacked given a long enough time frame so again as i like to beat this drum of equality you know why did apple get all this flack for saying oh yeah we'll monitor your not monitor your location but we want to store information about you where you go on your device securely so we can give you a better service yeah it's all right for google to say all right we're going to monitor your location down to the nth degree so we can give you um you know, more real-time information it just doesn't seem to sort of add up anyways my main point of this now extended rampant mumble is i thought it was absolutely fascinating that i could be driving along and in real time on my phone and it might sound like something really stupid to be amazed about, but it's still, you know, these little things like this still surprise and delight me that I can be driving along and up can pop a route that I say, I oh, can save two minutes by going this way just by cutting through traffic. And I did it today. It was exactly today, in fact, that at half past five, I had to be in the appointment for quarter six. I didn't know the area, my van was fully loaded, and it's one of those situations where you've been in the van all day, you're getting hot, sweaty, tired and bothersome. Everyone appears to forget to use what's called an indicator. BMW owners, Mercedes owners, unfortunately, you lived up to your stereotypes today. And it's like, right, what do I need to do here to get me to this appointment on time? And looking down, 
He said, oh, right, take this place. It's a nice, clear stretch. There's no traffic worries on it. I pressed the button to say, you know, save an extra two minutes. Lo and behold, it did. Two, three times to the point where it was like, you know what? This is pretty damn impressive. So next time I go to a big city, I'm going to give another try and hopefully give an update. Uh, I still haven't lost hope with Apple Maps. I tend to use it for journeys that I more or less sort of know where I'm going in a way, but I want to just keep an eye on things just in case. But no, I think on this occasion, it's worth giving up the privacy to, uh, to Apple Maps, uh, sorry, to Google Maps, just to get to where you want to go. So I thought I'd just share what happened in my day to say, you know, how, how amazing it can be when technology implements it into your life. Almost seamlessly, there's a few UI errors and a few really annoying things, like if you touch your screen, it stops navigating until you do two more taps to make it start um, doing its navigation thing. But, and, but this is exactly the thing. And um, If I'd had my Apple Watch, on me at the time, you know, again, that would have been a bonus. I wouldn't have had to keep looking down at the screen or anything like that. I would have got taps on my wrist. So, you know, I'm all for this sort of technology to a point where it can guide us on everyday life. And I just find it really, really interesting when things like technology do integrate themselves, albeit very closely and very subtly into your life. And it's not just related to maps. You've got the Apple Watch, which is... Um, Fast becoming something I miss when I forget to charge it. Oh, and a massive ding as well. We're getting the first Apple Watch 2 rumours, along with the new iPhone 6 rumours. I certainly would never imagined, probably, oh, well, let's think, two years ago, that I would go from just having Freeview to a Freeview plus DVR to Freeview plus DVR plus Netflix, Love Film, Amazon. Oh, no, is, is Love Film... In fact, here's a question of the day. Does Love Film even exist anymore? I must go and look that up. But you get the general thing. It's like how rapidly things change. And when we're waiting for the new tech or we're waiting for the new WWDC or the new Apple Keynote, it seems like forever. But things are changing faster than we imagine. And sometimes we've just got to do a bit of a Ferris Bueller, step back, take a look at what we've got, take a look at where we're going in, you know, Let's not feel stupid for feeling amazed at just what technology can do for us. And anyway, on that note, I'm off because, quite frankly, I'm going to go and have a cider and then go to bed. You can catch me, as always, on the Rampant Mumblings podcast, which is what you're listening to. You can tell it's late. I meant to say Central Mac. You can catch me over on Central Mac. I've just appeared on the Mac and Forth show, so you can get do a Google for that, and I'll also put that in the, in the show notes. And, of course, you can find out just how badly my training is going, considering I've got two half marathons to run and a sportive, which is a 75-mile ride, followed the next day by a 10-mile run on Twitter at Ocean Speed. So until next time, thank you very much for tuning in. Please don't forget to leave some feedback. You can either get me on the Twitter or on iTunes. The iTunes would be great. Let's see if we can crack the top 200 on the new and noteworthy. And so until next time, thank you once again and cheerio. Ta-da!